Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this second episode of The Double Doink. I am joined again by Dave, and we are in a little bit of a different location this time. We are actually recording in my office. Um, for anybody who has been following me for a while, you guys should know about my office and how I used to record a lot of YouTube videos in here. Um, but uh, we kind of set it up as a little bit of a podcast recording studio. It should be a little bit more quiet because there's not so much outside noise and no one else is home. It's just him and I. The dog's upstairs and the cat's upstairs, but they're just doing their own thing. They're probably terrorizing each other, but whatever. So we are here to talk about this past week in the wacky world of wrestling. So hello, David. Hello, Josh. How are you today? I am. I'm doing pretty well. You told me that you weren't doing too well, but we'll talk about that afterwards. Who cares? Because we are actually here to talk about some wrestling. Wrestling. I got to get a breath because I just just continued going and going and going. I'm excited. Josh, it was a huge weekend. It was a huge weekend of wrestling and it was a huge week in wrestling. And I'll do a little bit of a spoiler because so people who actually pay attention to the show, it's the Double Doink, a podcast about sports and wrestling. So for the first few weeks, we're going to be doing specifically wrestling episodes, but I'm actually finishing school in a couple weeks just to kind of put a, put an idea into your guys' mind. So as soon as I finish school, we may be trying to go with the show twice weekly, once on Saturday mornings, which is going to be our wrestling talk. And then one other time during the week, I'm going to probably say Wednesday or uh, Wednesday evenings, Thursday mornings. We'll figure it out. For a sports show that we'll be talking about football, baseball, hockey, whatever. Um, whatever is popular at the time. And what if the Olympics, the Olympics are next summer. So we'll have some stuff on that. This kind of giving me this look like. Hey, big time in the year. I mean, you're going to have the MLB playoffs coming up. NFL yeah. season starting this week, tonight, yep. Thursday night football. Yeah, season, so Packers. just kind of breaking into the fourth wall. We do record this on Wednesday, uh, Thursday nights. Um, so tonight's actually the opener of the NFL season. It's my buddy Dave's uh, the Bears here, Dub Bears, Dub Bears, um, against their longtime rival, the Green Bay Packers. But we will definitely be talking about that. And I might actually, we may be making some social medias that I might run for this show specifically, and we'll have some tweets and posts and all that such about what's going on in the world of sports, even if we don't have a specific sports show yet, but we will get into one of those down the line. We just need to really figure out schedules and all that such once I start my job full time and all that. So we are here to talk about wrestling. Now, last episode, we kind of rambled on quite a bit, but we realized for a brand new show, that's kind of... It's a bit much to give you guys an hour and 15 minutes worth of information for just three shows. We only went over Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yeah. This week, we have AEW All Out. We have NXT UK Cardiff. We have Raw. We have SmackDown. And we have NXT. And we have a bunch of news that we need to talk about. So we're going to try and get through as much as we can and as quick as we can without trying to go on too many tangents. But we will have our, our back and forth, our discussions that we need to have because it's kind of what a podcast is. It's discussions. It's talking. And if you guys have anything you want to comment on, don't be afraid to yeah. hit us up. Yeah. Uh, you can post on either of my Instagram pages. I post them on there. I'm going to be eventually making a double doink Instagram and a Twitter eventually and maybe a Facebook page. So you guys can comment on there and talk about that as well. God, I just signed myself up for so much. But it's it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. This is going to be a great show for all of you guys. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to start off with AEW All Out because we're going to put all of our WWE stuff together. We're not starting at the top because the top would technically be Cardiff. We're going to start with AEW All Out so we can have all the WWE stuff together. Yep. So we're just going to kind of go down the card. Neither of us actually caught the show. We were both busy on Saturday evening. Um, Dave caught the highlights. I caught the very beginning of the show. I didn't catch a ton of it. 
I wanted to watch it on Sunday morning, the uh, the entire show, but I never got to. So unfortunately, we don't have that big of an insight, but we did catch up on some of the highlights. So we do know a little bit and we know the results of the show, which is actually what's really important for this going into it starting on TNT in a few months or weeks. Yeah, it's a few weeks now. It's a few weeks, man. You're going to have Wednesday nights are going to be a very busy night. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's another thing I'll mention during NXT. I just remembered something I saw on Instagram. I'll mention it when we get to NXT. So starting off, uh, the AEW All Out card, we have Nyla Rose won the Women's Battle Royale, and she is the first contender for the vacant Women's Championship. Yep. Later on in the night, obviously, you know, there was the uh, one-on-one match between Riho and Sheeta. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, we're going to jump on next. So apparently, I didn't catch it, but Dave caught the highlights on it. Apparently, the bloodbath of Jimmy Havoc versus Joey Janela and Darby Allen happened next. Yeah. These I guys... might just have to go back and watch that match because I am a huge Joey Janela fan. I've actually met Joey Janela and Penelope Ford together when they were dating. That's a whole different story. We'll talk about drama yeah. later. Uh, no, we're not. We're not going to talk about drama no, on the show. Nope. Um, but... I met Janela before, and he's been this psychopath for however many years he's been wrestling. He actually almost ended his career by jumping off a roof of a barn into a back of a pickup truck filled with light tubes and glass doors and everything, almost ending his career. I mean, those guys are just crazy. I mean, you got thumbtacks and mouths. You got people being taped to chairs. What a hardcore match. I mean, it reminds Jimmy you a lot ha- of the... Jimmy oh. Havoc is definitely one of the biggest hardcore players in the entire wrestling industry right now. There are very few guys who will do what Jimmy Havoc does. One that bring- comes to mind, I don't know if Dave knows this name, is Matt Tremont. Okay. If he looks behind me, there's a poster of Beyond Wrestling. That's Matt Tremont from Seven Years of Bad Luck. He was in a hardcore match in front of a crowd of 250 people. And it was, I'm pretty sure that episode, that show was fans bring the weapons. Wow. So they've had some, they've had some crazy weapons that they've used. So, um, so Havoc went over in that match. Havoc was actually the winner of that match against Janelle and Darby Allen. Up next, we're going to talk about my boy Neville, AKA Pac. He is now known as Pac in the industry. Um, the bastard went over Kenny Omega. So Kenny Omega currently is O and two Yep. in AEW. Soon to be 0-3, because in their new show, they are previewing that it's going to be Moxley Omega. And Moxley can't lose coming in. They can't let Moxley come in, considering he was already put on the shelf for one match. He's probably, he, hopefully, he can't get shelved for the second match, or otherwise his career is probably done. Uh, not done, but it's just one of those things where you battle a staff infection already once before, and now you're going to be battling it again. What's... You know, what kind of risk is AEW going to take? I think they only do six-month contracts as well, so yeah. everything's kind of short-term over so there. So hopefully he can come back for at least one match, maybe two against Omega. Yeah. But um, I don't think they're going to do another Omega Okada thing that they did where it was three matches, all that went like 45 minutes or whatever. I think it's just going to be one, if not two matches between the two of them. Yeah. And you can't let Moxley lose that match. No. And so Omega needs to go 0-3, but he can build back from it. He has been known as the number one wrestler for years. I just think um, they're going to try to play that whole Omega can't win the big one against the big competition. They're going to try to build his character that way, so, and then eventually... I think the way they'll have him finally win, he might go 0-4, 0-5, whatever. I think the one match that he wins, his first AEW match he wins, is against Cody for the AEW title. Oh, 
wins and losses are too big of a thing in AEW. I don't even think they put him in the picture until he starts winning matches. You're going to see him start winning matches. Maybe, you know, maybe he finally snaps. He goes up against someone like Sean Spears and just, he just starts going on a roll and gets on a roll and gets on a roll. That could happen, but I also think it could be the fact where Cody and him start having some back and forth. Like, come on, uh, Cody's going to him like, come on, man, you keep losing these matches. We're not going to be able to spend money on you and all that. And he's like, you want to know what? I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this company. Give me one shot against you. And Cody's champion by this time. Okay. Because Cody's going to be champion. Yeah. It, without a doubt, he's going to be champion. He's champion by this time. Omega goes to him like, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this company. Give me one more shot against you for that belt and if i win i stay and i'm the face of this company but if i lose i leave aew for good he comes back and that is his first win in aew wow for that belt they're gonna hold him out for a long time then for a win i think they're gonna hold him out for at least in the calendar year calendar year and a half maybe wow we'll see well that's where my big win proposition comes in that's why i think he may win on television he may win a couple of the TV matches that happen on the he's TNT not gonna, he's show. He's not going to win the big but one. But he's not going to win. Exactly. He's not going to win the big one. And, and it's going to keep coming win, up to if that. If he wins a match on TNT, on the weekly shows, yeah. it's going to be by something weird. By count out or by getting the well, other person disqualified or, or something he's like gonna, Or he's going to beat someone who's or no. Or do roll-ups or whatever. Or it's someone who's not up to his level of competition. Like yeah. he's going to get into a match. And they're all, they're all athletes, but Sean Spears isn't on the same level as a... You as know, Kenny Omega. As Kenny Omega. Or even a Hangman Page or any of those guys. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. He's going to win matches in six-man tags with the Young Bucks. Yeah. That's that's how he's going to win some of his matches. He's not he's not going to have a lot of one-on-one success. And then, like you say, it's going to build up to where he says, listen, I am the face of this company. You put, I'll put my career on the line. I am the belt. best wrestler in the world. Yes. I will put my career on the line exactly. for this belt. But I called the Pac win last week. And I knew it. I, just, I felt it in my gut that as soon as Pac came in, they weren't going to let him lose his first match, especially no, after everything that happened. Yeah, when considering he, he originally came in, he wasn't going to take the loss to Hangman, so he bucked out for yep. uh, double or nothing. Yep. So, so. Um, as we were saying uh, later on in the night, we said uh, Rio, uh, Rio, Riho, however you say her last name, uh, went over Sheeta, and she's the second competitor for the women's belt. I, I said this before the show. I think Brandy Rhodes is somehow going to stick herself into this match and say. Um, there's going to be a third competitor in this match, and it's me, and she comes out and wins the match. I think regardless, it's going to be a good match. The women's division looks really strong it right now. It looks really, really good. Um, they have a lot of people from stardom. They yep. have a lot of people from the independent scene. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know if you saw this, um, Ky- Kylie Ray. Okay. Um, oh my, watch is yelling at me saying it's dying. Anyhow, uh, Kylie Ray, uh, Smiley, mm-hmm. you remember from yeah, uh, yeah, Double yeah. or Nothing? yeah, yeah. She has some uh, neck issue or back issue, and she has to retire from wrestling effective man. immediately. Necks and backs, man. And it, in a lot of career so, shots. It's so upsetting because she's such a great talent, and I hate to see anybody have to leave due to an injury that's that's not their fault. No, exactly. And then also another thing that's kind of weakening the, uh, the independent scene, obviously, is WWE sweeping up as many people as possible. I'm not sure if everyone knows, but Scarlett Bordeaux was at... Uh, a WWE tryout this week. Yes. So, yes, you know, I knew that, is, yeah. she, is she going to move on into WWE? And uh, I'm pretty sure Santana Garrett just got signed by mm-hmm. the Performance Center. Yep. I think uh, Taylor Hendricks is going to be signed by the Performance Center soon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be these two companies. It's going to be 
the WWE versus WCW of 2020. Yeah. It, so they're going to finish out the rest of the year. They're going to have let AEW build up a little bit. And then 2020, it's going to be head on collision between these two companies. Yes. And I think E the E is going to come over, but that's just because of the size. I think AEW is going to put out the shows that are performing just as well as WWE, if not better. But the only reason the E is going to go over is because the money they have. Well, don't forget, the cons have got a lot of money, man. They do. They, they do. do. They, they do. do. And it's kind of embarrassing when you're going to look at the fact that um, they're going to be in MSG next week. They haven't sold it out yet. That's their home territory. They haven't sold out MSG yet for either of the events that are happening next week. Really? There's still seats available. So before we jump the gun and say anything about you know what's going to happen next year. Are you talking to E? I'm talking to the E. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah they, they didn't sell out MSG. There's still tickets available. You can go on Ticketmaster right now and get yeah, tickets. That, that That's never embarrassing. Happens. They've never it not always sold out. out within the first few days, few weeks. Speaking of somebody who basically jumped ship from the E, Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears. Yeah, Cody, Cody. versus Sean. Um, Dillinger was released. Um, Cody just left. Yeah. Because he was sick of the Stardust gimmick. Yep. And they kept having him lose and everything. And then he ended up jumping ship and the the, the throne breaking thing going well, over. Everything he did independently, too, on all the independents. Oh, you oh, can't yeah. make any money on the independents, blah, blah, blah. The American Nightmare in uh, New Everything. Japan. Everything. Was phenomenal. He was awesome. His, was... his his work in Bullet Club was great. Yep. He and did... now that he's got All Elite, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. He's doing exactly what his father did. Yeah. Creating his own industry. Mm-hmm. Re- re- changing the game is what yeah. he's done. That's exactly what he's doing. All right. And then in the Triple A, I think that's how you say it. I could be wrong. Triple uh, A. Tag team uh, championship match uh, between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. They uh, Lucha Bros retained their belts in what people are saying is match of the night. Yeah, for that, which that doesn't surprise doesn't, me. It's no. the Lucha Brothers. It's the Lucha Brothers. And even them the not Bucks. even coming in a hundred percent. Yeah, the injury Phoenix from Batuka. Yeah, you know, not a hundred percent. They still put on the best match of the night. Oh, of course, of course. And then you get the. But at the very end of the match, comes out a couple of guys. Yep. in masks. And I, I guarantee I said something about this. And man, it got cut off in our technical issues last week. But LAX are in all elite. Yes, LAX they are. LAX are all elite. Yes, they oh are. Oh, my God. That tag team LAX, <sighs> in my opinion, are the best tag team in, in the world of wrestling right now. Yeah. Maybe not technically as technical wrestlers or as high flyers or whatever. But as a group, LAX, if you include... Diamante, Homicide, um, the other guys they have an impact, even Jaka and Chris Dickinson in the oh, independent yeah. scene, they are the best tag team. Best stable. In, best stable in the entire wrestling industry right now. The only one who comes in a close second is the Era. Yeah. Undisputed Era is a close yeah. second. The Undisputed Era, very, very close seconds. But that's I feel like you and I incredible. could have an entire 45-minute conversation about just tag teams. Oh, we could. We could. Easily. I mean, I... I grew up in the Attitude Era. That was, in my opinion, the highlight of tag team wrestling. When you talk about tag team wrestling, what guys are trying to do nowadays, you're talking about Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, even weird stuff like the Hollies who were together at that time. You had the Rock and Sock connection. Um, You want to talk about people like Al Snow who just made random tag teams with guys like Steven Richards. The tag team division was never better than it was in the Attitude Era, except for right now. I came up watching wrestling 
and this is going to date Dave, yeah. in 2008 is when <laughs> I started watching wrestling. And that was the time when, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Teddy Long was oh. making tag team matches with The Undertaker. Yeah. At SmackDown. That was the tag division I started with. Yeah. That's and a poor I, excuse. I love tag team wrestling. Let's move on. We're getting on a tangent. Yes. Jericho and Page. Jericho versus Hangman Page. We all knew it was going to happen. Jericho's first champion. Right man went over. It's what you should have done. An established, established superstar from Listen. the E. Somebody who's carried every important title in yeah. every company he's ever worked for. He's the right man to have the title. Even though it kind of got lost later on. Yeah. yeah we'll just jump to that right now because it happened. Uh, the All Elite Wrestling Championship belt was stolen in a Longhorn Steakhouse parking lot because God. Jericho was too worried about the bubbly. God. Unbelievable. I don't know if you follow wrestling memes, but there's been so many memes about the bubbly. Oh, I believe it. I, I mean, I don't follow too many wrestling memes, but I can believe that as soon as that disappeared, oh, it, was so funny. it was instantaneous. And in the world that we live in where social media is a 10-second game, yes, somebody had that posted immediately oh, yeah. as soon as the police were exactly. outside that Longhorn and Jericho was probably like, uh... Uh, where did it go what do i do yeah so but it was retrieved he's got his belt back so all hunky dory and that's a gorgeous belt oh it's it's a phenomenal belt you know what it reminds me of the iwgp yeah heavyweight championship it does it does because it's got that silver and gold but it's not like super color Mm -hmm. change color drastics it's not like dark and light it's all shine yeah so it's like everything kind of blends together yes on to NXT so Cardiff, man. Moving on to NXT Cardiff, which in my opinion was one of the best takeovers I've seen in a very, very long time. Because of three matches in particular. The second match of the night, the third match of the night, and the last match of the night. Okay. The first match was between somebody and Noam Dar. That match didn't really matter. It was all of about 10 or 12 minutes. It was exactly what you'd expect from a opening of a takeover match. Just so you know, it's Tyler Banks and Nomada. Nomada went over. You mean Noam Dar? Uh, Noam Dar, sorry. Travis Banks Travis and Banks, Noam that's Dar, right. sorry. So it was Travis Banks, Noam Dar. They had been having a feud in at weekly uh, UK shows, which yep. we should start talking about we next should. week. We should. Um, I just haven't been watching it, so that's why I haven't been talking about it. But it's, it's, it's neither here nor there. Um, the second match of the night. Started with a backstage interview with Cesaro saying he has an open challenge issued and out comes someone who I've never heard of before, but now I will never forget the name, Ilja Dragunov. This guy is psychotic, but man, can this guy put on a match. For a minute, I thought he was going to win the match. I thought he was going to go over Cesaro. He had some good offense going Mm -hmm. and I thought he was going to go over in that match. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but fortunately, Cesaro won that match, continuing his reign of putting on absolutely barn burners. Cesaro has been so good lately. You want to talk about such an underrated, I think we said this again Underrated, underused Underrated, underused talent. I mean, he's great at what he does. Probably the best pound-for-pound wrestler right now. Strongest guy in the WWE, pound-for-pound. So he, he just knows how to, he knows how to take damage, give damage. He knows how to just... Put on a match, whether it's a stiff match, a technical match. I mean, he he uses one of the best technical finishes, the sharpshooter. He has his neutralizer, which I love. Is just it looks like a combination of almost a tombstone and a and a pedigree. Pick a number between one and sixty. 
And that's how many spins he did during that match. Oh, yeah. Just pick a number between 1 and 16. I'll tell you if you're wrong. 45. It was close to 45. It was like 45 or 50 spins. It's crazy. They were letting the Welsh crowd count just every single spin. And it went for like a good, between 30 and 50 spins. He's, I can't even remember. He's incredible. He's incredible. Underused, but still phenomenal. Yes. We also have a brand spanking new tag team champions yep. in NXT UK as Flash Gordon Webster and Mark Andrews went over against Grizzled, Grizzled Young, Young Veterans and Gallus. Gallus. Man, was that probably my favorite match of the night. It was so much fun I to watch. I love triple threat. Or, tag belts. Or, tag matches. Yeah. Or, not triple just triple threat, threat or um, four-corner tags, fatal four-way tags. They're just so much fun. I mean, you go back to NXT 25. Yeah, with the, the ladder match. With the ladder match. You know, multiple tag teams being in there. Even someone like the Forgotten Sons, who people don't give a lot of credit to. They're a good tag team when it comes to being good heel tag teams. But having just having multiple tag teams in there at times where you give, yeah. you're able to give people rests and then they can come and give more off. It's exactly. Just, that was such a bond burner, such a good that match. such a really good and, match. And, and not to go back to what we were talking about with AEW, but you're going Havoc, Janela, and Allen. That's a triple threat match. Again, some guys can rest, put on some more offense. Exactly. Some guys can take some risks. Exactly. You can set up some really nice spots. So the way they did it is for a good bit of the match, they had Gallus out. Uh, it was Joe Coffee or Mark Coffee? I think it was Mark Coffee in this match. Yeah, it was Mark Coffee Mark in this Co- match. Mark Coffee and Wolfgang. They were out in the out in the ring, and they were down. And it was some great back and forth between uh, the Welsh boys. I'm just going to call them the Welsh boys because mm-hmm. that's what they are, and Grizzled Young Veterans. And then all you see is them, all, all four of them laid out on the ground, and all you see is from the backside of the ring from the main camera – just both the guys raise up from the dead yep. and just rush the ring and take them all out. They're already lying out on the ground yeah. on the mat. They just come in and wreck house. Oh, yeah. And then it was just a phenomenal finish. Yeah. It was a great match. Yeah. Next match was between Joe Coffey and Dave Mastiff in last a man last man standing match. Last man standing matches are always fun. Oh, yeah. They're always... Uh, Always big They're risks. Crazy. Big oh, yeah. risks. You're going to see someone go through a, an announce table. You're going to see someone go off a yeah. stage. It's always nice to watch, you know... Joe Coffey goes over Dave Mastiff. So, the only reason I hated how it ended is because it didn't end... It ended how you'd think, but the way they did it is they had both of them laid out, and they both started to get up, and they were using road cases to help them up. Road cases that are on wheels. So, what it is, is Mark Coffey got to his feet first at nine and kicked Dave Mastiff's road case out from under him. Oh, man. Making him not make it to his feet for the 10 count. Yeah. Ending it there. The crowd and I had the same reaction. It was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, emails, for interrupting. Anywho. It ended in a way that I didn't... It shouldn't have happened that way. It should have ended in more of a decisive fashion. Where one person just lays the other out and it just ends that way. But, I mean, it is what it is. There's no real way about it. It's, it happened. Yes. But it was a great match nonetheless. But, you know, things happen. We have a new women's champion in, what was what did you say, a nine-minute bout? Nine minutes and 42 seconds was the total runtime of that match. Very, very quick, concise match. It, it almost felt like a, a non-important match before the real bond burner that happened 
you know, right before, right after it, I should say. So they almost got put in the dead spot. If, you know how they talk about the dead you spot? You know when it's like the pee break match? Yeah. It's like, so normally on WrestleMania's for a couple of years, I know at least 32, 33, and 34 did this. They put a not so important match before the main event. Yeah. Where everyone could go out, go to the bathroom, get some more food, do whatever they want, and then be back in time for the That's main event. That's what this match felt That's like. That's what this match definitely felt like. Be it Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray are both phenomenal workers, and the story behind this match was absolutely incredible. They didn't give them enough time, and they didn't let them actually do what they wanted to. Kaylee Ray did go over in the end, and yep. we do have a new women's NXT champion, and I think that might mean Tony Storm could find her way to NXT Maine very soon. Very soon, but I still think they need to keep her in the UK for maybe... For a little while until... Maybe one more takeover. Until Piper Niven and um, uh, Zaya Brookside kind of move their way back up, so a couple more of the, the UK girls mm-hmm. make their way, make their names a little bit bigger. Um, specifically Piper Niven. I think Piper Niven as a face is going to be the next women's champion. Yeah. Um, I think Tony Storm's going to get her rematch. And then Tony Storm's going to make her way to NXT Main. Mm-hmm. Um, and Piper Niven is going to end up becoming the next NXT women's champion down the line. Yeah, it makes sense. And then we have Walter versus Tyler Bate. Now, I thought this match was going to be 25, 28 minutes at max. This match went for just over 42 minutes. There was false finish after false finish after false finish. Powerbomb after powerbomb after powerbomb. But it didn't even seem like it. they were trying to make false finishes. It no. just seemed like Tyler Bate wouldn't give up. Yes. I mean, he even kicked out on a one count. Yeah, he kicked out on a one count after taking powerbomb after powerbomb after powerbomb after finisher after clothesline after chop after chop after chop. Just continued to power out yeah. and he did it at one you never see guys power out at one no. after 25 after 35 minutes in a yeah. match I, it, it it reminds you a lot of like iron man matches where everyone talks about you know you you, you harbor back to the iron man iron women matches this match legitimately should have had three or four falls in it Yes. Uh, and all for the side of Walter. We're not yeah. even talking about what Tyler Bate could have done. We're talking about just what Walter did with all the power bombs into the ring post, into the ring apron. You know. Power bombs outside the ring. Out, oh, man. He was brutal, brutal. And that's why he kept his belt. That's why he kept his belt. He needed to keep that belt because I really think Imperium is going to be the next big thing. I think um, Eichner and. Oh, I keep forgetting his name. It's Eichner and Martel. Yes. Uh, are going to be the next tag belt tag champs. They're going to take him from. Uh, yeah, because I th- I feel like the guys who want it, yeah, you know, the the Welsh boys, the Welsh boys, uh, Webster f- and Andrews. I feel like they're almost. They're not it, transitional champions, but they won because it was in Cardiff. Yes, and I think they are transitional champions. Back in the day, transitional champions used to be heels who would take it off a face. You think of Bruno San Martino; he couldn't lose to a face, so he lost to somebody. So this way, Pedro Morales could take it off that person, and that's how it used to work. Now it seems like the the E likes to put belts on heels so they like to use their faces as transitional champions we're not seeing that on main roster right now because we're seeing kofi kingston with the long run yeah seth rollins lost it for a a couple of months there in between but he took it back i just feel like the e likes heel champions and and they've always kind of went that way they like nxt heel champions oh they love nxt heel champions bobby rude Champa. Champa. Don't even talk about anybody else. The best heel in the business is Tommaso Champa. Yes. And the only reason why he lost the belt was he had to go out for a neck li- injury, a, a, a life altering neck injury that everyone 
you know, talks about him him and his recovery. His recoveries went phenomenal. Yeah. It's just, it was one of those things where you wanted to see that third match against Johnny Gargano. We were cheated out of that match because of this injury. And I, we want a healthy Champa. We want healthy wrestlers who are in the ring. But the best heel in the business is Tommaso Champa. And he was the best champion that NXT ever had. Ever. Period. Put him up against any other NXT champion. Nobody else compares to Tommaso Champa. Exactly. He loved Goldie. He oh. walked down to that ring clutching that belt. That was his life. I think life. he's the only person, only wrestler I've ever seen hug a, a championship belt. Yes. Belt. But I've seen wrestlers like they win the belt and then they hug it and everything and then no. they swing it around and everything. No, he walked around holding and that holding it. in a tight embrace, never yep. letting that thing yes. go. Yes. So, I mean, getting a little bit off center here, you know, Walter as a heel keeps the belts. You're going to see the rest of Imperium get the belts as heel champions. What happens at that point? Who knows? Maybe they hold the belts for a little bit, a little while. Maybe it's a full calendar year before Walter loses the belt. You got to think Pete Dunne had that belt forever. I don't think anybody's going to ever beat Pete Dunne's record. No, no, I don't think so for either. For the long, long, long near but, future. But don't be surprised if Walter's combined reigns may go longer than Pete yes. Dunne because Pete Dunne only had... Was was it two reigns? No, he had one he reign. He had one reign one at 600 and something days. Okay, so... 670 you, gonna, days. you may see Walter lose the belt eventually, but he's going to win it back. Yes, he'll be the first two, uh, two-time. Two-time champion. I think it New works champion. best. Tyler Bate, I don't think he's going to get that belt again. No. I think him I, and Trent Seven are going to go up in the tag division. I think that's going to be Mustache Mountain. I think they're going to stay together. Because I don't think Trent Seven's got that much longer. He's like 38. He's going to go maybe another two, maybe three years. Then he'll retire. Then Tyler Bate will do his own thing. Yeah. Um. So... Getting on off of Cardiff, we're going to get onto the weekly shows. These are going to go a little bit quicker because um, they weren't huge matches. There were a couple of big things that happened across a couple of these, but there's nothing absolutely huge. Uh, we're going to move on to Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Uh, opened up with uh, Seth Rollins signing. and Braun Strowman and contract signing for the Universal Championship, which that was interesting. It was. I, I don't like Michael Cole in the ring and all that stuff. Um, you know, everybody on commentator kept saying afterwards, like, oh, you might be a good commentator, but you're not good at, you know, moderator and stuff like that. Yeah. But the highlight to me was the interruption by the OC. Yes. That was, you had the crowd chant in AJ Styles. You had the way, the way the WWE has been booking their championship bouts lately. AJ Styles outright attacked that. He outright said, oh, Ambron Strowman. I see your belt. I want your belt. Let's have a match. He called out the way WWE has been poorly booking their title matches, which is something we brought up last week. And I think that E wrote that. I think they wanted him to do something like that. No, I think so too. It's just, I think Heyman wrote that. Heyman did definitely write that. Heyman came up to him and said, AJ, AJ, this is the promo you're going to cut because we need to open up our eyes to what we're doing wrong I don't think he said that. I think he went up to AJ and said, AJ, I want you to. I want this point brought across. Go wild. Okay. All right. He didn't. Te- he didn't hand him a script and say, "This is what I want you to say." Yep. I want you to be AJ Styles. I want you to be a heel AJ Styles because face AJ Styles is cool. Yeah. Heel AJ Styles is so much better. He wants the MVP of the WWE. Yes. That's who he wants. The guy who was PW Inside is number one wrestler. 2018 and 2017, yeah. two years in a row. And both those years, he was in the WWE. Yes. And what was he doing in those years? Coming into the WWE at the Royal Rumble and winning the WWE Championship. Exactly. So all you can say is him as a heel, his promos are have gotten so good. 
So good. He wasn't. He's not fumbling over his words like when he was going up against Samoa Joe and his family was involved. As a heel, he can just go out there and attack and attack and attack. Yes. Attack the WWE style. Attack WWE booking. You know, and then they get in the ring and then you have Strowman. The way he flipped that table and just laid out AJ Styles underneath that table. That was awesome. Yeah. It was. And then you get into the tag team match, the OC versus Rollins and Strowman. But there's one thing that we didn't put down that I want to bring up. Have you been noticing that Corey Graves has been mentioning a lot about the Good Brothers and their career in Japan every time the Good Brothers are wrestling nowadays. He keeps bringing I've up, noticed that he's mentioned some things, he, but I didn't notice that he'd been doing it he, all too often. He does it quite often when the Good Brothers are in the ring wrestling. And, you know, they're Gallows and Anderson's aggression from Japan and stuff like that. And I had a, a fantasy thing. We'll bring it up another day. But NJPW and the WWE... I could see, I could see a partnership. I don't think I, that's I don't what I'm think saying. There's going to be like a collaboration, but no. I think, I think we could see one great uh, is Brooklyn One NXT Brooklyn One with Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes, came out and fought Breeze. Yes, and and I'm saying stuff like that, stuff like that, where the, you could see like, oh, there's a there's a couple of guys coming down from that. Who's that? Yeah. Oh, it's Tonga Loa and Tama Tonga. And then you've got the OC versus. The Bullet Club, and you get things like that. And then you could see, I don't know, you could see the Undisputed Era finding their way to the G1. And again, it's just, I don't think it's going to be, they're always going to be working together, but no, like sprinkle sp- a little yeah, bit in because, there just for the hardcore wrestling fans. Because, there were, you know, you had Sasha Banks over there doing some of her things while she was in Japan. There was, she was training with some of the girls from Stardom. Exactly. And then there's been talks that the WWE wants to enter into Japan as their next territory. Yes. They've done the UK. Obviously, they have their they have the United States. They and, have uh, some in the uh, in the Middle East yep. and some in Australia with the show, Super Showdown. Exactly. So the talk's always been that Japan is the next territory. You know what better way if you're trying to enter Japan than to enter a partnership? And you know I'm not throwing any partnership kind of, with New Japan and Stardom. Exactly because you want to include some the, of the women as well. The, the the females exactly. But I mean, if we continue on with the rest of the Royal Recap, you have your King of the Rings, which. I I hated the booking. Hated it. Hated it. Tri- triple threat match. I mean, triple threat match on a uh, on a on a King of the Ring tournament. Come on. Yeah. Who are you gonna put over in that match? If Samojo, so it, hold on. If Samojo loses that match, he's taking another loss. If he takes the pinfall from either Ricochet or Baron Corbin, it's another loss for him. They keep building up this this King Corbin thing, right? He he honestly, he honestly cannot, cannot win that match. And then Ricochet can't afford a loss. So you're going to either bury Samoa Joe or you're going to bury Ricochet. And it's not right to either one of those guys because Samoa Joe is one of your best promo cutters in the business. He's probably one of your best technical wrestlers in the business. I think, I think the way that match ended was ludicrous it was absolutely ludicrous the corbin match was good the corbin match was good i like the corbin match i like him going over. i love baron corbin i like i like I, cedric alexander i wasn't loss. huge on baron corbin but baron corbin with this whole king corbin thing has really brought himself back into relevancy almost if you want to consider it that way well yeah he needed a break after all the all the Lacey Evans stuff. Well, Lacey Evans and being forced into the WWE Universal title picture, just being rammed down our throats, I think it was nice to get him away for a little bit. Yeah. I just, to me, none of those guys can afford a loss. 
They can't. They can't. That's the absolute final thing is they cannot afford to lose that match. I feel as if Ricochet had went over Joe in a great match. Joe can recover from that. Yes. He cannot recover from losing in a triple threat match to Baron Corbin. Sorry, he can't. That's 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 bad booking. But I think no matter what, I'm going to say this is what happens. Ricochet wins that match pinning Baron Corbin. Be, the reason, well, actually, maybe not. Now that Andrade is out of it. I know. I think Ricochet can afford the loss. Because Ricochet can come back from a loss in a King of a Ring tournament if he's being beaten down by two heels and they have something where Samoa Joe lays Ricochet out. Baron Corbin comes, comes in, in, pushes him off, pins one, two, three, and a roll-up or something. Well, not even a roll-up. Like, Joe... Because, see, Joe doesn't finish anybody with an no, no, actual no, no. move. So he's what he got does, the cocaine clutch. He cocaine clutches him. Uh, Baron Corbin takes him, rips him off of him, throws him into the uh, post, mm-hmm. pins Ricochet, one, two, three. Because, well, he has hit the end of Ricochet days. Ricochet is partially out. He's partially knocked out. Okay. But he has hit the end of days. He hits the end of days. Okay. And throws him out of the ring, pins Ricochet, okay. one, two, three. Samojo doesn't take a pin, but he looks strong because yeah. he's choking him out. I see what you're he saying. Looks, he ends up looking strong. Baron Corbin wins that, and Baron Corbin wins the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the booking's completely changed. Because right now, in it's my a, eyes, it's, it's Elias and Gable. It, yeah, it's Elias and Gable on one side, and then you're going to have this triple threat on the other side. And I, we didn't touch on Cedric Alexander. One thing that really threw me off is you had Alexander get attacked backstage by the OC, and he's coming out and he's favoring his arm. But last week, they were he all talking about his knee. knee. Yeah. So just... WWE needs to stay a little bit more consistent if they're trying to play injury angles. And yes. I didn't like that. They went from the they arm. They went from the arm. Well, from the what knee they should have done arm. is they should have, like, shoved his knee in between a couple of road cases or exactly. whatever like that. And, and, and stick with the injury, not like, oh, he was bothering, his knee was bothering, but no, oh my God, now he's doing all elbow. these flippy stuff. Yeah, it, it was weird. But so, he can't hit a, land a straight punch. Anyhow. Uh, Bailey. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave Bailey to the end because that happened actually in the end of the show. Yeah. I, I do like at the opening of Hour 2, um, Becky Lynch came out and cut a really good promo. She kept bringing up the past about how she was always left in the back burner and stuff like that. And then Sasha Banks comes out. For the out. longest time, Becky Lynch was the fourth four horsewoman. Yes. Because it was Sasha and Charlotte, number one and two, or 1A, 1B. Yep. Bailey was next. Yep. Because she was still down. She was still down in NXT doing phenomenal stuff as the NXT Women's Champ. Yeah. And she only lost that belt to Asuka, who held that belt forever. We'll talk about Asuka at another point. Because what they're doing with her is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. You had this unstoppable force, and now she's stuck in a tag team that's just eating catering. I'm going to use that saying a lot. Eating catering. When they're not being used properly, they're just in the back eating catering. Yep. And uh, there's no better way to talk about it. They're not using them. They're not, they're not using them on main event. They're not using them. They're not even using them. Using them superstars. Superstar. Not using them anywhere. It, it doesn't they make sense. They may show up on a house so, show here and there, but other than that, nothing. eating, catering. Yes. That's all they're doing. So she comes out. She cuts her promo. Sasha comes out, says, I'm only going to fight you if I get paid. Sets up the match. Again, you know, they had the AJ Styles promo earlier in the night about, oh, I see a belt. It's mine. I want the match. And then they do the exact same and thing at hour two. it with... I mean, yes, there's a little bit of a build. Sasha comes out a couple of weeks back, hits her with chairs. Then um, Becky's off the next week because she was doing her, you know, she has her personal life. She was doing her personal stuff, so she didn't. She wasn't there last week. And then she comes back out this week. And it's like, I almost want them. I wanted a 
in-between match. And I understand it's Clash of Champions, which I hope next year they change the name of this pay-per-view to the King of the Ring, and they do the whole tournament in one pay-per-view. Like it used to be. I and, think they could do the whole thing in one and, tournament. And just throw a couple and throw a couple of matches in there. Throw in a, a couple of women's matches, maybe. Stuff that builds to a championship match. Not just saying, hey, I want that belt. Let me have that belt. Let me be in the title match. Because it's not we're gonna talk about the whole um fiend thing, but it's another way where, oh, I, I feel like I deserve that belt. I should I should have that match because What ab- what about this? They have a King of the Ring tournament where it's Say eight guys, so they yeah. only have to wrestle three matches. Yeah, the winners have to only wrestle three matches. Mm-hmm. So it's eight guys, four from SmackDown, four from Raw. Yeah, it's it's perfect. Actually, how about this? Twelve guys, four from Raw, four from SmackDown, four from NXT. The final match is for a triple threat. So they only end with a triple threat match. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, and that actually sounds because now really that NXT good. is going to become a third brand rather than just a developmental territory. Yes, as we're trying to talk about, and we're trying to push that they're not going down to NXT; they're just going to NXT. Yes, because then you can get you can get wrestlers like you know your Tyler Breezes, your Breezangos, who are tag teams, but they still like to wrestle individually. Yeah, you can get someone like Cesaro who's in UK. I mean, you could even do a Fatal Four Way if you wanted. Yeah, you could bring NXT UK right into and this. Imagine, imagine some of the dream matches that you could have. Between some of the NXT guys and some of the main roster guys, can you imagine? You can't even call them main roster anymore. Can you can you imagine a finals? This is really throwing it out there. Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Ricochet, and I know Andrade's not in it anymore. But can you imagine the four of those guys in a single match? Oh, oh man, come on, that'd be awesome. Just be. I'll use that word a lot because it would be. And then after that triple threat match, the next pay per view, the winner of that gets a title shot gets automatically. Title shot. Automatically. And, and they could do the same. You could do a King of the Ring pay-per-view and basically have a King's Court and a Queen's Court. And, yeah. you, and you could do it that way. And you can make you can make some really good matches really quick. I know we were kind of knocking the um, Cardiff women's title match where it was only nine minutes. Cesaro and Black at the paper, at, at um, SummerSlam. SummerSlam was only 13 minutes. Yeah. But that, they got a ton done. They got a ton done in 13 minutes. A lot done in but 13 minutes. the difference between those two matches... That match between Black and Cesaro was nonstop action. Yes. This one this had one. quite a few rest holds. And yeah. It was a lot of outside of the ring, rela- uh, not relaxing, but yeah. like but, rest time. But WWE's done a good job in in recent memory where they've they've kind of gotten away from the rest holds. I know they went back to it a little bit this week with Baron Corbin's match against Cedric yeah. Alexander. But that's because he's actually injured. He legitimate has a knee injury. Yeah, he has a legitimate knee, legitimate knee injury. Yes. But the, the King of the Ring matches last week were all... Bang, 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 bang. They were just exactly, going, going, yeah. going, going. So I think if if you can keep the matches going like that, I think you can get a really good King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring tournament. You can do a single pay-per-view, not this Clash of Champions thing. The belts don't need to be on every pay-per-view. That drives me mad that they're on every pay-per-view. And, and, and so they have the belts on every pay-per-view, but it's not like they have a different challenger they have four pay-per-views straight of the same people yeah. going for the belt. And that's why someone and like they Corbin have different got boring. ways happening. Be it I'm fine with having the same people fighting for the belt in NXT because they have at least three months in between takeovers. Yes, yes, exactly. They have them with the with the main uh, main four, the big four. They have a takeover with the big four, so that's how they were able to do Cole Gargano, Cole Gargano, Cole Gargano. Yeah, you because spread they it out. had it over almost a year. Yes, yes, you spread it out. So um, moving on, let's go. We had the Firefly Funhouse. Oh, oh man. my god, I love this. The, the, 
it's the best thing going on Raw right it, now. It really is. And SmackDown even. And like you're saying, you're spreading stuff out. You're really only giving Bray Wyatt in, in snippets. He's not coming to Raw and he's not coming into the ring and cutting a promo. He's doing these vignettes and he's... And each episode, when they started them, they were pretty much weekly. But that's that's to get it to get a taste. Now, it's every couple of weeks, yeah. every three weeks. Yeah. You'll be... People, I heard the pop when the... Firefly Funhouse theme started like in our wire. The whole place exploded. The entire crowd blew up. Yes, because everyone loves Bray Wyatt. Yep. Is it that they love Bray Wyatt or they love the fiend Bray Wyatt? No, they love they love Bray Wyatt. They love Bray Wyatt being able to be Bray Wyatt because when he had the Wyatt family and he was having the whole Daniel Bryan stuff, he got to do some of his creepy kooky stuff, but it was never like this Mr. Rogers because Mr. Rogers is a phenomenal person. It can look a little creepy sometimes. Oh yeah. Giving him a friggin' Mr. Rogers character like this is absolutely phenomenal because it kind of gives that, that thing of like they have these kids shows seem like they're too nice and too perfect worldy. Oh, so there's something kooky going down underneath there. Oh yeah. Which is the fiend in this case. Yes. Yes. And, and they have, the the sentimental like not the sentimental but the subtle points where it's like if you watch kids shows back in the day like SpongeBob for example there's so many adult jokes and really really dark jokes okay he's aging me here because that's not back in the day for me guys Red whatever. and Stimpy would Red be and the Stimpy, one whatever Cow and Chicken Cow and Chicken Hey Arnold I'm talking like back in the 90s oh yeah no it, uh, SpongeBob it, it, they had these dark jokes these dirty jokes here doing some of the dark stuff here with like the whole Vince McMahon is the devil thing. Oh. They have Rambling Rabbit and him crushing Rambling Rabbit with a hammer. Yeah. It's like that old cartoony violence. Dude, he shows a painting he does in like the second episode. Of, and it's the, the it's freaking fi- Wyatt compound burning on down. On fire with Sister Abigail in the window. So the Firefly Funhouse has been perfect the whole time they've done it. The thing that they did this week irritated me a little bit. Yeah, and they have Abby the Witch, who is Sister Abigail. Yes, but the thing that irritated me a little bit this week is... I love the fourth wall break, McMahon being fed $100 bills, so this way he was happy. That was absolutely phenomenal. I I find that funny. But they don't need him in the universal title picture yet because, one, he cannot afford a loss. No, he can't. You cannot do to this character what you did to the Bray Wyatt character, which is build up to face the demon, loses to the demon. Build up to face... John Cena. John Cena loses to John, John Cena. Cena. Build up to face the Undertaker. Undertaker lose to Taker. You cannot do that to this character. This character, as he was joking around about, is a money making machine, and there's so much potential if you can build it right. I don't know how many advertisements I've seen in the last week of Bray Wyatt and the Fiend on my Instagram, on my oh, Facebook, it, everywhere. It and ro- WWE, whenever I see a WWE shop ad. It's on there. It's yeah. on that subject. Yes. Because yes. that's the biggest thing going in WWE and, right now. The two biggest things going on in WWE right now, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend and the Firefly Funhouse and Undisputed Era. Yeah. 100%. That's number. That's 1A, 1B. Yes. And I think the perfect thing is he was teasing about the whole Braun Strowman and um, Seth Rollins match, right? Oh, whoever's the winner. Yeah. I think this pay-per-view, Clash of Champions, one of the two obviously goes over. But I think The Fiend 
doesn't have a match at Hell in the Cell. I think The Fiend, like, basically ends the... Do what Kane did. Don't have him rip down the cell. Have him come... Have it go... Have, like... Everything go the, black. It's, like, the glitch that it's been doing. It's, yes. like, glitches, glitches, black. He he's, appears he's in the, in the of ring. the ring. And he basically mandible claws both of them. And he's wearing his... Instead of wearing his hurt heel gloves, now he's just wearing hurt gloves. And he's putting both of them down. He leaves them both in the ring. And he basically just... He basically takes his head... He'll, if he has a lantern with him or whatever, he walks right out the cage, and that's it. And that's where you leave the fiend because now whoever the match a, has to just end. No, that's it where the match ends. It doesn't double DQ. Con- it no. doesn't everything. It just ends. Nobody knows what to do. The match is over. Both guys are not the lights, responding. The lights go on. Hello. The lights go on. I don't know if you guys can hear that in recording. We'll see. The lights go on. All the referees, because normally they have two or three referees in Hell in a Cell, all of them knocked out on the ground. Yeah. So no one can ring the bell to end the match. Yeah. The and match it, just ends. Yep. And then you get that whole WWE, you know, copyright appears in the corner and the pay-per-view just fades out because you want to know what that's going to do to your Monday Night Raw ratings the next night. That means everyone's going to... Everyone's going to spike. It's going to it's just gonna go through the roof. Everyone's just going to be like, wait, that's how you're ending your match? That, that's how you're ending your Universal Championship match that, on Hell in a Cell, which is one of the bigger pay-per-views. One of the, the bigger, other smaller yeah, pay-per-views. Exactly. Leading into Survivor Series. Yeah. That's a match leading into Survivor Series. Come on. that That's perfect. And then you do... I'm not saying you do the exact same thing, but that Survivor Series match, which is usually, again, champion versus champion, why it does, the, it, does it again. He comes out and he basically, he, and it's not at the end of the end of the night because uh, Survivor Series, the the Survivor Series match team, ends team. the night. Yeah, it's a team team match that ends the night. So you get him maybe coming out there with the Survivor Series teams, like on the cusp, and then he does it again. And this is where you introduce maybe one one of the new members of the Wyatt family or or, or this Fiend family. Could be Liv Morgan. Could be Liv Morgan. Could be Luke Hopper because no one knows what's going on with Luke Hopper. Yeah. But I really like the idea of Liv Morgan. She's cut her hair because there's a big. There's a She's big... been posting encrypted encrypted tweets. Yes. all over the place. Yes, Liv Liv Morgan would be really good on it. I would have, I would have said like a Nikki Cross, but Nikki Cross is in her tag team thing. Nikki Cross Liv, is doing something phenomenal right now. Liv Liv Morgan Liv Morgan is the I think is it, Abby. Okay, I she's Abby. I think it really fits that it's Liv Morgan because no one in hell would expect it to be yeah. Liv Morgan. Especially after the promo she cut after her last loss where she yeah. says, I'm leaving, I'm 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 changing who I am. What if what if we, What if that we, was her snapping? Exactly. And what if her version because I've had a theory this whole time that the five five funhouse that we're seeing is images being portrayed out of the fiend's head. This is all happening inside the fiend's head. Now, that's wh- why you're never going to see Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt on inside the TV. ring. It's on just going to be the fiend. So, what if the fiend has somehow adapted itself or assimilated itself with Lim- Liv Morgan? And now, all of a sudden, you're seeing images of Liv Morgan inside the fiend's head, and that's where you get the introduction of her. And what if in a what if in before, a fiend get up? What if the reason she's had pink hair all this time? Is because when she's not wrestling in the ring, she's doing promos behind the ste- behind the scenes, pre-recording all of these um, Firefly Funhouses from Liv Morgan's perspective yeah. as pink-haired, blue-tongued Liv Morgan, and then she comes out and she has short to no hair, 
and a mask, but it's like almost an Abby mask, but it's almost like like a an Ab uh, a, uh Annabelle mask. Yeah, or you could do something, and, and I don't want to knock on the Kabuki Warriors, but you look at again, oh, like brought, the, the the Kabuki, Kabuki mask. mask. We we talk about the the relationship with Slipknot and WWE, yeah, and the masks that are made by Slipknot are made by the same people that made the Bray the Wyatt mask. mask, the Fiend mask. So what is it that you know? Slipknot's old German Joey Jordison wore a kabuki mask. He wore a white kabuki mask. What is it that they don't use a white kabuki mask to signify Abigail the Witch? And they just, they dress it up a certain way. They they, they doll it up. The and, only reason I don't think they do that is because Asuka still does the kabuki mask. No. That could be, that could be the one thing that kind of like throws a, kink, throws in a kink in it, but that's a great idea. Yeah. We've been on this for way too long. Let's move on to the end of Raw. Um, Bailey. You so they had a tag team match between champion versus champion. champion. So champion and champion versus the tag champs. Yep. So Bailey was, and Lynch versus Cross and Bliss. Um, Sasha comes out, attacks Lynch from behind. Half well, basically towards the end of the match. Um, Bailey comes in almost to like save, but she rips the chair out of uh Sasha's hands, and then proceeds to beat the hell out of Becky Lynch. And the big thing was the promo she cut earlier in the night. She cut a promo where she's being interviewed, and everything was about Becky Lynch and how Becky the Lynch, SmackDown title like, is a is a second rate title. And she made a comment, and I wrote it down here. Where did she say it? He has more notes than I am. She said, "She said, we'll see who is standing, and who's in whose shadow." She said that before the match even happened, and when she said that. I wrote down heel turn question, question mark. mark and I felt it coming. I felt it coming and I felt like maybe this should have happened months ago, but I think they were waiting for Sasha to come back after she had her little fit. And this is awesome. Now the real question is, is this a heel turn or is this her just backing her best friend who's been with her her entire career? That's another thing I wrote down. That's for the beginning of uh, SmackDown. They both came out. We'll move into SmackDown now. They both come out and Bailey kind of said, the reason I did this is because... I am backing up my best friend. I'm showing loyalty. I'm showing loyalty to Sasha Banks. I am not against Becky Lynch. I am showing loyalty to my best friend, Sasha Banks. So so it could be a heel turn. Could be like ready to turn. Like John Cena does that little heel turn thing in the in the ring. Yes. Could be kind of trying to turn to it a little bit. But no, not exactly a heel turn quite yet. But we may be getting to it. Yeah. I, I feel like it may be coming. But then again, you could spin it all around where... Sasha Banks has the same opportunity to hit Becky Lynch with a chair or hit Charlotte, Charlotte Flair with a chair and then hits Bailey. And then all of a sudden now you, you're back to that. And now it's Sasha and Charlotte together. Well, not even Sasha and Charlotte together. Now you actually have two separate heels because if you think about it, I th- it happened on Raw where you had the OC beating up Strowman and beating up um, Rollins. Rollins. And then all of a sudden you get the the glorious what'd you call them last week? Uh, glorious showstoppers. showstoppers. So you get the glorious showstoppers. I, I need to change it because it's not showstoppers. It's glorious showoffs. Showoffs. Because showstopper was Shawn Michaels. Oh, that's right. He's the showoff Dolph Ziggler. Okay. So it's the glorious, glorious showoffs. So that whole heel heel teens or heels working with each other. I kind of like that to beat up a baby face. I, I do like that's that. That's kind of what they're doing with uh with uh, uh FTRKO. Yes. Yes, exactly. F the revival, revival KO. Yes. Knockout. Whatever. But it's a, it's 
it's the same idea. It's just it's just heels getting together to just beat up baby faces. And I like that aspect. And I almost feel like you can do that with Charlotte and Sasha without making them a tag team. Exactly. Yeah. You can you can just have, you know, Bailey might be ready to win that match. Might be ready to win that match. And then Sasha comes down, gets Bailey DQ'd, and then it looks like they're both gonna beat up on Charlotte, and then all of a sudden Sasha takes out Bailey, hits her with the chair. That sets up that sets up a- That's almost like the thing they did when it was uh back in two thousand nine. It was Hardy and Hardy mm-hmm. taking on Edge. Jeff was taking on Edge in that match. And uh, Matt Matt runs in with two chairs, hands one chair to Jeff. Jeff's going to go and concerto um, Edge. Edge. He puts the chair underneath Edge's head to concerto him. Yep. And then he gets up and gets smacked right in the top of the head yes. by Matt with the chair. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. And you can build it that way. And again, get heels who are just trying to beat up a face. And then it ends in an I quit match. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, that is probably one of my favorite matches. Okay, okay. Because when I was a kid, I was such a huge Jeff Hardy mark. I'm still a Jeff Hardy mark. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's great. He's but great. that was one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, King it of the Ring. It was a good match. It was just one of my favorites. Yeah. King of the Ring, you obviously have Ali went over. No, uh, oh, Elias went Elias over Elias went over Ali. And Gable went over Andrade. Please tell me they're not going to do David versus Goliath. Please tell me they're not going to do Baron Corbin versus Goliath. Gable. Chad Gable and Gable wins the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I hope not. Come on. You had, and this is not taking anything away from Gable, but I feel like they missed the Gable boat by three or four years. They missed the Gable boat when him and Jordan split. Yeah. When they just stuck him with Shelton Benjamin, that ship sailed. The other thing that kind of drove me crazy is Jason Jordan was Kurt Angle's son and not Chad Gable. I think you could have done a little bit more. You with could Chad have definitely Gable. done it with Gable better. Yeah, because Gable looks it, like he fits Team Angle more than Jason Jordan does. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully Jason Jordan's doing well. I know he's been out for a very long time. I don't think he's ever coming back. I, I don't. I don't think he. I think he's. I think his neck injury was worse than they thought. They successfully did the neck uh, repair. Yeah, but I don't think they want to risk him coming well, back. You can't because uh, I think that's another Daniel Bryan situation. Don't do, don't do David versus Goliath in this King of the Ring. Don't do it. Just no. don't. Don't have Gable go out in the next round against Elias. Put uh, yeah, put yeah. Elias in the put finals. Put Elias in the final. Yeah. I mean, you have. I mean, Elias has been really funny. With Elias this, is great with with this whole king. People gimmick. have been people have been telling me like, dude, Elias is just washed up. Elias isn't good and all that. I'm like, dude, Elias is hilarious. Yeah, Elias is a great talent. So you know, King of the Ring now is set. You're gonna have Elias versus Gable on one side, and you got the triple threat on the other side. Yeah. Um. You know, um. We'll see what it looks like next week. Yes, we will. Um. Speaking of next week, or not next week at all, but I was going to say going solo. Neither of us are going solo, but Eric Rowan is. Yeah. Eric Rowan, um, there was a face-to-face between Roman and Brian. Daniel to kind of discuss things and go over everything and blah, blah, blah. And Eric Rowan comes out and lays them both out. Yeah. and and Which, I mean, I saw that happening. I knew Rowan was not going to stick with Daniel Bryan. No, after, but, but after the fact that he week. used the Iron Claw and put him through the table, yeah, says a lot. I think it's great. I think so too. I do. I, I like. I like. I like Rowan as a as as a powerhouse. Yes. I love Luke Harper's injury. I, again, we talked about tag teams, and we talked about tag team wrestling in the modern era. You have two powerhouse tag teams. You have the AOP, and you had the Bludgeon Brothers. And both of them lost all their momentum because of injuries. Luke Hoppat was injured, and I believe it was um, Reza got hurt. And the AOP, you you see him in spurts all of a sudden on TV, and then you don't see him again. And you see him for spurts, and you don't see him again. So what 
just completely going on a different tangent here, but we're already way along, so we'll just keep going. Yeah. Um, where they went wrong with AOP was when they got rid of Paul Ellering. Oh, yeah. When they removed Paul Ellering from being the spokesperson for Akam and Razar and made them talk on their own, that's where they just went downhill. Yeah. Because in NXT... I forgot this for a while, but they were dominant. Oh yeah, in NXT, they were the Viking Raiders they, when they were War Raiders of NXT. They but came better. out. They came out with those flak jackets and those those the ski welding masks, the welding masks, and they came out and they took no prisoners, no prisoners whatsoever. And the only time they really lost was on their way to main roster. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they go to main roster. And they dump Paul Ellering. Now I don't know if that's a backstage thing. I don't know. If I feel Ellering, like I don't it's even because know. Ellering was getting a little old. He wanted to kind of retire and stop. Yeah, but he just wanted to do stuff in NXT or whatever. Or if it was backstage, you know, who knows? Yeah, because isn't his isn't his his daughter's daughter? in NXT? Yeah. Rachel Ellering. Yeah, she's. I'm in pretty NXT. sure she's injured though right now. But it, it, regardless, you don't, neither of those guys could talk on the mic. They didn't have the mic skills, and yeah. I think I think that's the biggest problem with some of the call ups in NXT. Yeah. is that a lot of those guys aren't ready with the mic skills. Yeah. they're ready in the ring. Yeah, you look at someone like Ricochet, who's gotten a lot better on the mic, but he wasn't ready on the mic when he came up. Lars Sullivan definitely wasn't ready because, on the mic because um, some of the independent guys they don't really do a ton of speaking. No, they don't do promos. unless they come from TNA, like Robert Roode. And I remembered we were talking about Beer Money last week. I think it was still in the episode Beer Money. It's Lance Storm. Okay, I was thinking about that today. I was like Lance Storm. I I was in the car driving to get my hair dyed. Um, and I was like, Lance Storm, I literally yelled out, Lance Storm, because I was thinking about the double doink, and I was thinking about what we talked about yeah, in the yeah. episode and all that. So, um, but the guys that come from Impact, like, Joe, ready on the mic, because he was part of the Aces and Age AJ. and AJ, um, uh, Robert Roode, Shinsuke even, even though he's Japanese, but he was in New Japan for the longest time. So he was ready on the mic. But like, Ricochet, Finn Balor, Ricochet did some stuff, yeah, Finn Balor as Prince Devitt, um, Ricochet did some st- talking as uh, Prince Puma, but not a ton no. in uh, and the th- Underground. And the thing is, with a lot of these independents or even some of these, um, we'll call them B-level organizations. Yes. Okay, I think it's fair. Um, the B-level organizations, they're not making television programming promos. They're not cutting promos all the time. So these guys no. have to get better on the mic. Yeah. And you can see it when they're first coming to the main roster. Guys who have experience in TNA or Impact or... ROH or Lucha New Japan or Lucha Underground. And then you can see these guys who have been independent for so long. So one of them I'll put, I love him to death in the ring. He's not a great talker, is Dominic Dijakovic. Yes. Dijak is a phenomenal athlete. Absolutely one of the best big men in WWE right now. But his mic skills aren't great. No. Keith Lee is absolutely phenomenal on the mic though. But that's because... He actually talked quite a bit on the indies. Mm-hmm. So he was actually really good coming right in. Um, I can't even think. Oh, Undisputed Era. It's just absolutely phenomenal because uh, Redragon are great. Adam Cole is great. Roderick Strong is great. Yes. But they've gotten plenty of training. And they've through, spent a lot of time. Yes. They've been in the E forever now. Yes. And, and, and other guys you can talk about like your Johnny Gargano's. You know, they always talk about how the WWE basically pilfers a lot of stuff from other yes. organizations. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are are almost homegrown talents at this point. And I'm not saying that they never did anything on the independence, but when you talk about Gargano and Champa, the only matches you really talk about now in their careers is with the E, is with WWE, is with yeah. NXT. So one person who also is not huge on the mic, but pretty decent is uh, Candice LeRae. Yes. 
Did you know, do you know who her tag team partner was while she was on the independence? No, I do not. She was a tag team called the world's cutest tag team with Joey Ryan. Really? Yes. Oh my God. There was a picture from a PWG match. I'll pull it up after the show and show you. From a PWG match where it was Joey uh, Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae versus the Young Bucks. Where the Young Bucks had a shoe. It was a hardcore match. They had a shoe with thumbtacks oh, glued to the bottom of it. And Candice LeRae ate a super kick to the head. The end of the match showed her and Joey Ryan, her hand being raised up as a winner crimson mask wow i'll have to show you that photo I'll, we'll, later. Have to, we'll, we'll have to look at that that's awesome um one last thing on smackdown you got our truth is officially is 14, the 14 time, time 24 7 champion and i love the way it was he's hiding at the king of the ring chair he was the he, he was, was the lamp yes it was awesome it was awesome no it's great i'm so happy he's back and yeah. he actually has the belt back because yes. it's, it's the best when he's doing it and i think i mentioned it to you i don't know if i mentioned it he's actually writing the 24 7 stuff yes he's the one that's writing everything yes and something that i saw on twitter is uh, uh drake maverick tweeted out he says once i won the 24 7 championship and i got home to my wife she was on her auntie time oh which <laughs> he's like update still yet to consummate my marriage He's never going to consummate that. Thing. That's that, that's the point. Yes. That, they're not going to let him. No. Because he's going to keep losing this belt whenever he's just right there for yes, it. Yes, exactly. All right. We're going to move on to NXT because we have quite a bit to talk about in NXT, but I'm going to try and bang through it as quick as I can because NXT is only an hour long show, but there's quite a bit that happened. One thing that I was going to mention when we got to NXT is that for the first two weeks, the 19th and the 26th or whatever, or the 18th and the 25th. The first hour is going to be the only part that's on USA Network. The second hour is going to stream live from the network. Okay. After that, the third week on live, it should be two hours full. Okay. So they're kind of doing it just to kind of transition everybody. Say like, hey, if you missed the first episode, uh, first hour, here's the second hour on the networks. Because it's still going to be shown on the network for everybody who doesn't necessarily have cable. But has the network for WWE stuff. Exactly. Breezango opens up the night. In a match against, I think just a couple of couple of jobbers, a couple of guys. Okay. I don't even remember who they faced. Oh, it was um, it was a tag team who've been together forever, but I can't even remember who they were. Um, they came back, they won. It was it was a good match. I like it. Was, it was an opening match. I for like Zango. I like they have a brand new theme. Oh, they which is absolutely great. Okay. I'll have to play it after this. Okay. But it was absolutely great. Um, then after that, there was a match between uh Velveteen Dream and Kona Reeves. Um, I absolutely love Dream. I love Kona Reeves too. He's absolutely underrated. He had this gimmick for a little while, went back, didn't show up on, and then came back as the finest Kona Reeves. And now he's kind of doing almost like a dream kind of thing, but like more like rather than flamboyant, but it's more like cocky Jersey Shore-ish kind of thing. Cause like this Hawaiian limousines. and Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a Ric flair thing, yes. but like on a much lower level. Yes. Um, dream went over, but then the, oh, we won with the dream Valley driver. Yep. Uh, pin him one, two, three. And then after he was holding up the belt and everything, and then uh, Roderick Strong shows up on the on the Titan Tron, kind of talking to him and saying, I want that belt. I should be the next one in line. I was never pinned. You pinned done and all that such. And he's walking around something. And you can see like a red flickering in the background. And he walks around to the side of it. And you can see in full frame, it's the Dream's couch on fire, which is absolutely great. Because normally like back in 09 when it was Kofi uh, Orton, Kofi dropped all the paint all over his race car. Yeah. So it's almost like something like major 
for Dream is his couch because he has the girls always push him out on the couch yes. and everything, and now it's on fire. He doesn't have it anymore. Yep, it's gone. So it's that's gone. definitely going to set up the match. I'm going to mention this right now. Strong versus Dream for the North American title on September the 18th, the first live episode of NXT. Now, since the second hour is going to be on the network, are they going to have it as the main event of the first hour? Dream's going to lose the title before they go over to NXT. They're going to have to. Oh, before the, they go or, over to the network. Do you think they open the show with that? I mean, you're going right up against AEW. Do you have to put something huge to get people to come over to USA? Yes. So, so they should they open sh- it. They should open. You should almost do what you did at WrestleMania with with uh, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Yes. Yeah. And and so it's like have somebody go over. Yeah. And then maybe do some. You know, maybe you can do some stuff once you get later on in the episode with backstage stuff where yeah. the dream is still they're still fighting maybe backstage and or something. Or, or actually, how about this? You close out the first hour with this because then you can go over to the network, which means it's on demand as well. Mm-hmm. So that means if people want to go away to AEW, because they know that AEW is starting that week. Yeah. And they know it's going to be two hours. Yeah. So they're going to be like, all right, people are probably going to be jumping back and forth. And they realize after the second hour, they're going to go over to AEW. They're not going to watch it. They're probably going to watch it on on demand. Yeah. So they end with it because they want to end that show with the high rating. With Everybody, yes, out in the ring, Fish, O'Reilly, Strong, and Cole, and Cole, yep. all holding up their belts yep. in the UE form, in the UE stance. Yes, <sighs> just breathing. Yes. Um, so they showed a package, a video package, saying that next week they're going to have Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley in a non-title match. Oh. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is the stupidest thing WWE could do. I get it. They're still not going to be on live TV, so it's fine to do it on their last uh, WWE on Taped the network. Yeah. Completely fine. I get it. But why the hell do you put these two phenomenal women in a match against each other for a non-title before they actually face for the title? This is stupid. I Stupid. stupid. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. That's awesome. We didn't even touch on that from SmackDown, but, you know. Yeah. It's just... You, you're gonna have a triple threat match for a number one contender with the last three. Challenges. With the last three challenges, none of them could. Eo Yim and could uh, be uh, Basler. Uh, it's uh, Eo Yim and Belair. Belair, yeah. So none of them could be Basler. You're gonna have a non-title match between Ripley and Basler. Neither which, one. Which neither the one way it's gonna have to end is gonna have to be DQ. Shafir and yeah, it's gonna uh, be a DQ. Yeah, you have to have a DQ finish because you can't have you can't let Rhea lose and you, and can't, you can't have Basler lose. lose. No. There's so, no way you can let them either so of them lose. Then it has maybe, to be end of DQ. Then maybe you do some kind of injury angle. Maybe have Rhea be out for maybe a couple of weeks. And then that first maybe two hour episode that you're actually on USA, yeah. you can actually have You could have Rhea come out and You can have Rhea come out and maybe just wreck whoever's in this women's title match. Yeah. Like wreck them, wreck everybody. She comes out, she just And then and then she grabs the mic after doing that and be like, I was the next in line. No, not was I am, I am the, next the next in, in line. line. Yes, exactly. She just goes goes full TV fourteen on that stuff, yeah. which they have to do with NXT. Oh yeah, it's because they've been letting NXT slip more because it's been on the network. They got to continue it because otherwise they're gonna lose ratings on that. Yeah. Um, ending at the match, ending at the show was uh, Adam Cole versus uh, Jordan Miles, aka ACH. He was ACH on the uh, Indies. Yep. He was the winner of the breakout tourney, which, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. Because it's eight guys that you just signed, having them in uh, in a tournament to 
so they could choose whichever championship they want to face. And and boy, tournaments are a good idea. Yeah. Wow. Surprising. Who would have thunk, thunk it? it? Who would have thunk it? It's amazing. I mean, they've only been doing the Dusty Roads for how long? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the G1's only been happening for how long? The King of the Ring was a real big success for a very, very, very long time. And uh, another thing about uh, uh, Best of the Super Juniors oh, in New Japan. I know. That's been going on for at least 27 times. I know. I, and, and the G1 Supercard for ages. I just I just don't understand how the E got away from these tournaments, tournaments yeah. for so long. I mean, you did the, um, what did they end up calling it? The female tournament that they ended up doing. I know, was it the May Young Classic? Yeah. Yeah. The they May, had the May Young Classic. They had the, May they had the Cruiserweight Classic. Cru- Cru- Cruiserweight Classic. I mean, Look the- at how big those were. Be it 205 Live kind of stunk after a while. Yeah. But it was huge for a while. No, and, and, and it introduces a lot of people. Yes, we were mentioning smaller crowds, tighter venues. But when you get that stuff brought up to the main roster... You can do what people are what what New Japan's doing with the G One and the Super Juniors. Yeah. Those are being th- those are filling stadiums over there. Yes, in Japan. they are. And when they brought the G One, because the G One's been in Japan for years, they brought the G One to the U S. in two thousand seventeen, I believe. They sold out in that minutes in literally like I think a half hour, an hour. Yeah, they sold out that entire show all three nights. Yeah, it's tournaments have their place. And if you do the tournaments correctly, like they did with this breakout tournament, where you get ACH to win it, who was the right choice. Yeah. And you get him. It was either going to be ACH or uh, Cameron Grimes, which is uh, uh, Trevor Lee. Yeah. Which they had before this match, they had a behind the scenes segment of Cameron Grimes losing his mind, which I think is perfect. They're going to send him on this psychopath uh, line, which is perfect for Trevor Lee Mm because Trevor Lee is huge. Yep. And and you do it right. Again, we were talking about the King of the Ring. The the winner gets the title match. Yeah. They did that here. The winner got a title match. Yeah, he didn't win, but you showcase him against your, your exactly. best. And you can't let whomever like wins a money in the bank or a ladder match or a contract match or whatever. Or contract match. You can't let them always win. No. Because then it's too predictable. No. That I mean, they've done a good job with it. They did the King uh they did the Royal Rumble with um uh, uh no, I'm sorry, not the Royal Rumble. Sorry, um, Money in the Bank this year with Bailey. Bailey cashed in the same night. Yeah, and it worked that a couple times. And it works. Um, they did that actually. I think they did that two years in a row with the women's. Because they had yes, Alexa, yes, Alexa did it the year before, the year before, and, and then, then Bailey did, Bailey did it this year. It. Yeah, and then the year before that, or two years before that, Dean Ambrose won it and cashed in at the end of the night, pinning Seth Rollins. Yes. And then you had Seth Rollins who cashed in at WrestleMania. Yeah, against. Lesnar and, and Roman, Roman, which you want to talk about a pop? That was an awesome pop. That oh, was that was one of the best pops cause, they've cause had at a WrestleMania every, everyone, for a while. Was, everyone was afraid the belt was going to go on Roman that night. Yeah, but again, we're going off topic. Let's let's just look at it as tournaments need to push people into title matches. Yes, not necessarily into title feuds, but it, it showcases what they can do. It's what it, and, and that's this what this was match a great, did. Because ACH didn't win, but he put on a phenomenal show. He looked good. He looked really good. Yes, and and against a safe worker in Cole. Yes, so it's absolutely perfect for him because he is brand new to the ease, brand new to the ease working style. Yep. So it's an absolutely great idea. Good job on ACH and good job for Cole. Good, good job on NXT. NXT was a very solid show. This very week. good. So we have a couple bits of news that we want to talk about, and then a little bit of future booking that we want to talk about, and then we'll probably end this episode off. So on Lillian Garcia's podcast, um, coming, I think it's. Now coming to the ring or whatever her podcast is, mm-hmm. it used to be uh, something with Lillian Garcia. 
Um, AJ Styles and the club were on this week, and AJ Styles has announced that this contract is going to be his last. And I think this it's one the, he just signed. It's the best idea. Yeah. Because he's getting up there in age. He wants to be able to spend time with his kids. Yes. And he has a few he has quite a few young children. You can look at his tattoo, it has all their birthdays. You can see their ages. They're all young kids. One of them I think is getting ready for uh, high school or leaving high school soon. A couple of them are getting into middle school. That he wants to be around for them instead of traveling around. He's been doing this since 1998. He's been doing it for over 20 years. He needs to call it quits. No, but he, not call it quits. He needs to retire on a mountaintop. Yes. It, it, he is just given everything to the business. Yes. I'm not just saying to the WWE. He's given everything to the wrestling business. He yes. started off as a jobber in the E, a jobber at WCW, and he has built up this AJ he went Styles. To TNA. He went to TNA. He went to the independents. He went overseas to Japan. He came back to the E. He has done everything for this business. For him to retire in 48 months, 36, whatever his contract is. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be it, another three or four years until he retires. Okay, so even longer, 48 months. Yeah. It, it's just the it's the right move for him at yeah. this point in his life. Yes. It's the right move for the E to make sure that he's locked in and he doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and for someone like him, it's not going to be extended contracts. You're not going to have to worry about him getting hurt or missing time because the time he takes off is always allotted to him. He's always going to take a couple of weeks off to be with his family, like you were yeah. saying. So AJ's retirement is something that needs to happen. And um, it's something that, you know, when he leaves, there's going to be a big hole that needs to be filled by somebody. Which I think some of the NXT guys that are going on right now are going to fill that spot. I think one in particular is Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa is one of those big names. Yes. That can fill a great heel spot. And you could get a face of the same size-ish as AJ in Johnny Gargano. Yes, yes. But the thing is, is... We're going to jump here a little bit. We're going to go into PWI Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, talk. this is this is our next and probably our last topic for the night. But, um, so Seth Rollins was the PWI Wrestler of the Year this year, 2019. Which, yeah. I, I, I don't... I, I understand it. So do I. So do I. He do I agree with it? Not so beast. much. But I understand it. No, it's an understandable... he's won quite a few belts this year. He did some really good stuff at the very beginning of the year with uh, Ambrose. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. I don't agree with you on that. That Ambrose stuff was awful. That's, that Ambrose stuff was awful. I, uh, come to on. Each and, to each their own. Inoculations. Ambrose is taking shots in the butt to be inoculated no, from I'm the disease of Seth Rollins. No, I'm talking about when they were a tag team together as oh. raw tag. I'm talking before, before the injury. Heel okay, I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm talking when he won when he first came back last year and they won against the tag team. Ziggler and okay. McIntyre. All right. And they came back and says, you have a psychopath in your corner. Then I need a lunatic in mind. Yes. And then they okay. hit his music. That was phenomenal. Okay. Everything after that, when he turned heel, not so much. Okay. Um, but to me, if we're really gonna list, if we're really gonna look at the the E, right? And we're gonna list the MVPs of the WWE. Okay. Seth Rollins is third or fourth on my list. Yeah, I would put him if we are we including NXT. If we include NXT, he's lower on my list. If we don't include NXT, he's probably number three. If we include NXT, he's still top five. 
I was gonna put him at number five. We include NXT. Okay, he's still top five. But we'll talk about our we'll talk about our top top wrestlers towards the end of the year. At the very end of the year, yeah, in a couple of months. But what I'm telling you right now is an MVP of the WWE has to be able to play both sides of the coin. They yes. have to be able to be a heel. And they have to be able to be a face. Okay, Seth Rollins is a great heel. He's an okay, okay face. face. Daniel Bryan is a great heel. And a great face. AJ Styles, who is the MVP of the WWE, is a great heel and a great face. That is period. And that right there. You know there, who I would put as... Actually, I can't because as you're saying, two sides to a coin. I was going to say John Moxley and Dean Ambrose. Not a great face. No. Absolutely amazing heel. And it's the same thing when you talk about someone like Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a is top tier heel. Maybe one of the best heels currently on the roster. Yeah, but the last time we saw him face was the he whole was, uh, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. No, that's just a, that's just them needing to get Jinder Mahal. Try to get Jinder Mahal over, and it just didn't work. That's what that is. Well, to listen, me, the, I love myself some Jinder Mahal. The last time to me, Randy Orton was really a face was his first title run. When Evolution, Evolution had him up on yeah. the shoulders and Triple H stood there with his thumbs up in the air and then dropped them both and Batista drops Randy Orton. Yeah. And they pushed Randy Orton as a face way too quickly. And I think that's what killed Randy Orton as a face because he, sorry, he exudes this cockiness. He stands up there on that top rope where he just puts his, his arms, arms spread out. out. And look at look at some of the, the factions, if you want to put them in quotes, that he's been factions in. that he's been in. Evolution, Legacy, and even right now, FTRKO. Yes. With and, the revival. And and you're forgetting rated RKO. Yeah, with Edge. Yes. So when you look at when you look at the WWE and we want to look at PWI wrestler of the year and all this stuff, sure, Seth Rollins is gonna deserves to be in the topic of conversation. But AJ Styles, with his the announcement of his retirement, you have an MVP hole you need to fill. Yeah. And unfortunately, you don't have a single person on your roster who could play both sides of the coin gargano it's, gargano did a good job he did a as decent a heel. Idea job when he was facing against black yes but that i think he was just playing heel because he was aggravated he wasn't actually a, a bad heel. guy he wasn't a bad guy he was just letting out anger exactly against because, gargano and cole because all his no not against gargano and cole against um, uh champa and cole, champa and cole. That's what I meant. um but all his best matches is where he's a face. Yeah. His his one hundred percent. His two matches against Champa. His his trifecta against Cole. Um. He just. Wait a minute. He's had three matches against Champa. Oh, he. We're gonna get into the the looking this up section of this episode. How many matches have? Gargano. Oh, there is three. You're right. There was three. Yep. Yeah, because they had the Chicago street fight. Yeah, they had the street fight. They had the two out of three falls. Yep. And then they had... um. They just had a straight up match. Yeah, they just had a regular match. They had the first one, which was a straight match. Yep. They had the Chicago street fight. And then the two out of three falls. Which... Cole... No, last man standing. Last man standing, not two out of three falls. It was last man standing. That's right. Last man standing where Gargano got handcuffed. And he couldn't get up. He got handcuffed to the uh, 
to the um, that's right because the chicago street fight was the one where, where gargano won gargano won because he had the uh the brace yes. and he used the cross face with yes the brace. exactly right. okay anywho's um we actually i said we were going to talk about some future booking but we're not actually going to have to because i wrote down fiend's plan for the e what we think should be the plans we already talked about that we already talked about what we think the fiend's plan should be yeah exactly we don't really have any other future bookings to talk about right now no, we're going to definitely no. talk about some stuff down the line uh when we actually think of it and we when it comes relevant yeah but i think we're going to end this episode off here yep um thank you all so much for joining us tonight we actually talked about a whole heck of a lot tonight so I do apologize for it being a bit longer than last week's episode. I know we said it was going to be a shorter episode, but there was just so much to cover. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I'm definitely going to try by the time this episode comes out to have an Instagram, a Twitter page, and a Facebook fan page. Um, if we do have those out by now, they will be in linked in the comments in the description of this episode. But I want to thank you all so much for coming out and listening to us uh, a couple of doinks talk about some wrestling. That's right, some wrestling. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys in a little bit. You guys have a good night.